I'm so glad we're doing a Bible study on Joseph. If you're glad we're doing a Bible study on Joseph, just put Joey exclamation mark. My brother Joey put it in the comments uh, because I really believe as we study uh, these people in the Bible who lived and served God, I really believe God's going to do something special. Joseph was in a bad spot and I think that I chose Joseph first because I think we have so much to learn from what Joseph had to walk through. So I'm going to share a short message tonight. It's Wednesday night. It's a little bit shorter than Sundays, but I'm going to share a message called your favor is your freedom. Your favor is your freedom. You know, we live in a country that was based off this subject of freedom that you and I together, no matter what our color is, no matter what our gender is, no matter who we are, we would be able to experience freedom. And this week, um, we have had some challenges yet again, and we have to question, is this a really a place where we can all find freedom? I want to remind us, the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so while we can look at different things happening in our nation that grieve me, that anger me, the reality is where the spirit is, there is freedom. And God's been speaking to me this week, Julian, guess what? Sometimes you don't feel free, but you got to make sure that you don't focus on feeling free. You are free because I'm with you and you have my favor and my favor is your freedom. So I'm preaching to you what the Holy Spirit preached to me. Oasis Church, your favor is your freedom. What we really need is the favor of God. And Joseph had God's favor when he was challenged in his freedom. Woo, I'm preaching. I can't, I can't, I only have so much time, but Genesis 39, it tells the story on how Joseph ended up in, in prison. And the Bible tells us that Joseph lost his freedom, but gained God's favor. I've been really challenged by this question that I want to present to you. Would I rather have freedom from people or favor from God? Because where there is favor, there is always freedom. I want to read to you Genesis 39 verses one through six. The Bible says that Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders. We read that. I hope you have time to catch up on the last couple of weeks of what God's been telling us through Joseph. But it says he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Verse 2 says, the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. The Lord was with Joseph. Therefore, he succeeded in how much? Everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Here is the dangerous thing about a false sense of freedom. I want to talk to you a little bit about a false sense of freedom. A false sense of freedom is the freedom that you feel from circumstances being the way you want them to be. A false sense of freedom is you feeling like you are free because you don't have any uh, boundaries. You don't have any restrictions that God has set in place. That is a false sense of freedom. Freedom is truly having God be with you and the favor of God being on your life. Think about this. Joseph was enslaved 
And the Bible says because Joseph was with, the Lord was with Joseph, he succeeded in everything. How many of y'all want to succeed in everything you do? How many of us would be humble enough to address that something we might have not succeeded in is not because we're not good at it, but because we, we went into it without God. The Bible says the Lord was with Joseph. I'm going to stay here for a second. The Lord was with Joseph. I want to tell somebody right now that God is with you. God is with you. It doesn't matter if certain people aren't for you. God is with you. Be encouraged. God is with you. And he succeeded. Joseph did in everything. I want to tell you that because God is with me, because God is with you, you never have to live your life as a victim. You can walk in victory. You can go to your God and in the middle of your hurt, in the middle of your pain, and you can say, God, I know you're with me and I have favor. Matter of fact, let me just say this. Some of us will never know that we have the favor of God until we don't have the favor of people. Did you hear what I just said? Let me just get close in the camera. I don't care if it gets out of focus. I said, you will never know if you have the favor of God until one day you don't have the favor of people. And it's only when people reject you that you find out God was with you. Can I come back into focus? I am preaching the Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything as he served. Let, let me tell you something. You want to be successful? The Lord is with you. You will succeed in everything as you serve. Not as you, not as you get mad, not as you get frustrated, those things have their place. But I want to tell you, no matter how frustrated you are, continue to be a servant. Matter of fact, can you serve the person you're frustrated with? Come on, married couple. Come on, boyfriend, girlfriend. Come on. Can you serve the person you are frustrated with? The Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. It appears to me that Joseph was in bondage, but serving like he was free. I'm, I'm going to say that again. I can't find anywhere where Joseph seemed to complain. He worked his butt off for Potiphar and he had no business being there. He didn't do anything wrong. His brother threw him in a pit, got sold into slavery. Now he is working for a slave master with a great attitude. I wonder if Joseph knew that God was with him. I wonder if Joseph knew that he had God's favor. And I wonder if Joseph knew what I want you and I to know tonight, that our favor is our freedom. It says he was successful. And look at verse three. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. Come on, promotion to an assistant. Some of y'all, you're nothing but an assistant and you don't realize it's a promotion. I gotta preach. I know I don't have much time tonight, but some of you think that you're, because you don't like the title, that it's not a promotion. We gotta be, be, be sure and be careful that we don't get so caught up in titles that we don't realize that God might give you a title that you don't like, but it's really a promotion. It says he promotes promoted him to his personal assistant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. And get this, verse 5 says, from the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and his property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and his livestock flourished. The household 
of Potiphar was blessed. That's my prayer for you, that the, your household would be blessed. Verse six says, so Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility. Someone shout responsibility. Can I, can I challenge you, Oasis Church? I believe this next coming season for you and I, for the believers, for people who are walking with the Lord, the greatest season of spiritual authority is coming. Joseph had an authority over an entire nation, but before he had authority, he had responsibility. I want you to write this down. Responsibility often precedes authority. You're going to need, when I say authority, I'm not talking about positional authority where you're the boss. I'm talking about spiritual authority where God puts you in charge of something that belongs to him. He makes you a steward of his kingdom. Responsibility often precedes authority. I feel like there's some areas in your life that God is asking you to be more responsible. I feel like God is trying to bring you, put you in charge over his kingdom financial resources, but you gotta be responsible. You gotta get on a budget. I believe right now that somebody's gonna pay off some debt. Matter of fact, there's someone right now under the sound of my voice that you have 10,000 plus dollars in debt. And since you could only put $75 a month towards that debt, you just spend that $75 at the mall or not at the mall now, but on Amazon, or you just, you don't believe since your debt is so overwhelming, you don't even put what you can towards it. Listen to me. I trust me. I love you so much. Be responsible however you can. If you have to put $25 towards that debt, show God that you can be responsible with finances. Don't give up. I know you feel like you're not making a dent, but do the responsible thing because you're going to need spiritual authority to move forward in this next season. And God needs to know that you can be responsible. Matter of fact, the Bible would suggest that Jesus was given the responsibility on earth before he was given the authority. I want, I want you to think about this. He was given the responsibility of doing something. Matter of fact, his first message when he went into the temple after he was baptized and in the wilderness, tempted by the enemy, he said, the sovereign Lord has anointed me. What does that mean? That God had given Jesus a special ability to preach the gospel. He said, the sovereign Lord has anointed me for a responsibility. But after he did everything God had told him to do, obeyed everything that God had said in his word, and he obeyed the Lord, even going to the cross, even after praying, God, if this, if this it could be another way, if, if, if I can drink from another cup, take this from me. The Bible says after he died and was resurrected, he said, I have been given all authority. I am learning sometimes our immaturity makes us want authority without having ever taken care of responsibility. I want to encourage you that responsibility often precedes authority. And we're in a culture right now where I'm challenging us to hear from God from uh, in our homes and to pray and hear from God. But be careful that you don't become an irresponsible prophet. What I mean by that is you don't want to be that person that doesn't pay your bills on time that, you know, can't be dependable, but you always got a word. God's always speaking to you, but you don't show up for things on time and you don't. And I'm not trying to be condemning. I'm just challenging that sometimes we got to make sure that we're trustworthy and we're responsible and that we have proven that we can be 
And then God loves to give us uh, authority. The Bible says that uh, Joseph was given responsibility and later he would be given great uh, authority. And I I want to challenge you that authority is actually heavier than responsibility. And so I believe God's trying to stretch you. I know you got a lot going on. Um, Praise God for some of the, the parents out there that are homeschooling. This season feels a lot, like a lot, and it is a lot. It is a lot, hear my heart. But I honestly believe God is stretching your capacity for responsibility because he's getting ready to stretch your, your, your anointing and authority in this next season spiritually. The Bible says this is what Joseph had. He had a responsibility and later he was given a great authority. And so later it goes on and Joseph is doing well. And the Bible says in verse six that Joseph had complete administrative responsibility over everything Potiphar owned. With Joseph there, Potiphar didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. The Bible says Joseph was good looking, very handsome. Come on, believe in ladies. You get a Joseph in your life, good looking, well-built young man. And verse seven says, uh-oh, Potiphar's wife soon to begin to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. Dang, girl, talk about being aggressive. She's an eight on the Enneagram or whatever that thing is. Good Lord. Come sleep with me. The Bible says later that she kept begging Joseph and Joseph said, no, I'm not doing it. You know what I'm saying? My my boss has looked out for me. I'm not sleeping with his wife. And the Bible says that uh, she accused him of rape and then told Potiphar that Joseph had tried to rape her. Look at this in verse 13, excuse me, um, verse 10 says she kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her and kept out of her way as much as possible. One day, however, no one else was around when he went in to do his work. She came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, come sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. When she saw that she was holding his cloak and had fled, she called out to her servants. Soon all the men came running. Look, she said, my husband has brought this Hebrew slave to make fools of us. And then she said, he came to my room to rape me, but I screamed when he heard me scream. He ran outside and got away, but left his cloak behind with me. Wow. Now he's betrayed by his brothers before and now he's lied on by Potiphar's wife. And the Bible says that Potiphar threw Joseph in prison. And I think that when I think about this story, I always think if I have God's favor, I never lose my sense of freedom. What am I saying? I'm free to move forward in my calling or, 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 blessing. I'm, I'm free to gather. Many pastors all over, I get it, are saying it's our right to gather and we've lost that right. I understand how they feel. But Joseph, in his restrictions, not his freedom, in his restriction, discovered God's favor. And I hate the fact that I can't go outside, but I do not want to leave my house and gather in a church with a bunch of people that don't understand the favor of God. I'm not sure why God allows these horrific circumstances to give us revelation 
of his favor. But it does say in first Peter, um, first Peter chapter three, verse eight says this. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. It doesn't say, don't it doesn't say, hey, if somebody does something to you, you know, you know what I mean? Like if somebody does something to you, you can do it right back. And like, no, it says, actually, why don't you try blessing somebody you've been hurt by and you will obtain a blessing in doing that. And verse 10 says, for whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. This is so important when you feel like you are restricted and your freedom is challenged. Be careful that you don't seek freedom first. You seek peace because where the spirit is, there is freedom. So you want to seek peace in the middle of your restriction. You want to seek peace in the middle of your rejection. If people come and do things to you that hurt you, seek peace. If you don't seek peace, you will always be in, in bondage. And then verse 13 says this. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous, passionate for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear nor be troubled, but in your hearts, honor Christ as holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. What a powerful verse for those who feel like people have done them wrong. Somebody's listening to me right now and you genuinely think that because of what someone did to you, you can't get to where God has for you. And that now you're in bondage and you wish you wouldn't have dated them or you wish you wouldn't have taken that job or you wish you wouldn't have moved to this city. You, you, I don't know what it is, but you got to know that your favor, your favor, your favor is your freedom. I want you to write this down. This is really important. I know many of us have been hurt, but we got to forgive. We got to let it go. And I've discovered that somebody doing the wrong thing is often the vehicle God uses to get you to the right place. You got to know this, that um, Joseph probably was just recovering from being betrayed by his brothers. And now he's serving in the house of Potiphar and he's probably thinking, okay, I get it. Um, you know, my brothers betrayed me, but this isn't bad. I'm, I'm, I got favor with Potiphar and now he's accused of something he didn't do. And, and, and you're going to find out next week that Joseph is going to find himself in prison. And you need to know this. God will often use the bad things that people do to get you to the right place. God has a way of turning your pain into a vehicle to move you towards your purpose. And here is what I have found, that when we say purpose, we think of the things we like to do. Purpose often in the kingdom of God is not the things that you like to do, but it's the problems that need to be solved. Purpose is typically the answer to a problem in the earth. I'm going to say that again. Purpose is often the answer to a problem in the earth. 
And so I know you're thinking, well, does that mean that whatever God has for me, I'm not going to like? Um, if you don't like helping people, yes. <laughs> if you are passionate about helping people, then I promise you, you will enjoy your purpose. But if it's about you and what you get to do, no, you might not enjoy it. But God wants to give you purpose that you enjoy. But typically your purpose is an answer to the problem in the earth. And here is Joseph's dilemma. Joseph was an answer to a problem. Therefore, Joseph needed a problem to get to his purpose. Isn't this world in the middle of one huge problem? Matter of fact, now we're talking about racism is kicking up. I mean, you, you know, you've been reading the news. It's just unbelievable. The deep seated pain that is happening in this nation from racism to the coronavirus. But think about this for a second. Right now, God is birthing purpose in you. One of the things that we said into the new years, I had this thought that the church through Jesus, you are the answer. And you are the answer to a problem in the earth. Matter of fact, I love this story before I close that Moses, uh, God's people were enslaved for 400 years. And the Bible says that, that the people were crying out to the Lord and that the Lord heard their cries. And then all of a sudden, the answer to the cries of God's people was the birth of Moses. What if the very day you were born, I don't know when you were born, but what if the very day you were born, somebody in the world was crying, God, I, I need some help. This oppression, this injustice, this thing that's going on in my life, I don't know if I can do it anymore. And that person thinks that God didn't hear their prayer, but he did. Because somewhere in a delivery room, as that person is praying that you were born, what if God is saying that I need you to walk through this season that is a problem because I'm using it to get you to your purpose and I've heard the cries of my people and you're the answer. What if you're the answer to the single mom? What if you're the answer to the foster child? I'm not saying you're gonna solve it all, but what if you're part of the answer? What if you're the part of the answer to the division in the church and the division in our world? What if, what if you're so angry about politics because you're supposed to be a politician? What if you are the answer? Can we allow God to use this hard time of having certain freedoms restricted to really discover that real freedom comes when God is with us and we have his favor. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I feel this strong sense in my heart that people don't feel free. People don't feel free. And so here's what I'm praying, that the spirit of the Lord would invade your living room or your car, wherever you're listening. The spirit of God would come into your life that you would just ask right now, Holy Spirit, Spirit of Jesus, I need you. I don't feel free. And I pray that God's presence would bring about the freedom, but not just that, but that you would understand that you have favor. God is with you. And I promise you, your favor really is your freedom. It's going to take you places. It's going to open doors that other people have shut. It's going to bring about things in your life that you can't even pursue. You wouldn't even know how to do that. And so I'm going to pray for the presence of God right now. Maybe just 
right where you are. Maybe somebody's in the living room, kids are playing. Just tell them, I need a minute. And just, I want you to lift your hands up like this. And I just want you to say, Lord, I receive your favor. I've been working too hard. I've been too hurt by what I feel people have restricted me from, and I don't feel free. And Father, I want to know that you are with me and that I have your favor because so many doors have been shut for me and I need favor to open them. I just got a vision of like a set of keys, one to open your house, one to unlock your car. And there's another key on there and written engraved in the key I see in the spirit engraved in the key is the word favor. And that key is to unlock the doors that the enemy has shut. You can't pray them open. You can't believe them open. You can't protest them open. You need this key. And the key is called favor. And the favor of God is on Oasis Church and no weapon formed against us will prosper in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.